hello, hello. This is Robert. And this is Michael. And you're listening to the On The Movie Front Podcast. This is our 11th episode. And lucky number 11. That is a lucky number, right? Yeah. For you. For me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's Easter Sunday. So happy Easter, everybody. Yes, happy Easter. Mike, how was your Easter? It was fantastic. How was yours? It was... There was a lot of food. And mm-hmm. I had a food coma. I fell asleep for a good three hours. And we are here now. Nice. Podcasting. Okay, so A delicious dessert to the Easter Sunday. Exactly. We have a good episode for you coming up. Right now, we're going to go through some movies that we've watched and our main topic, which is the theater experience versus the home theater experience. Talk about a dumb movie that Mike and I did not enjoy too much. Flick chart battle, and then conclude it. It's probably going to be a shorter episode than the past two because it is Easter and I am exhausted as I think Sheen is as well. Absolutely. So, but let's just get started. So, Michael, what have you been watching? Because, unfortunately, I had no time. Well, I had a lot of time. I just didn't watch any movies this week. (laughs) Shame on you, man. I know. I apologize. Next week, I'll be back. So, I watched two movies. I watched uh, Your Highness and uh, Scream 4, and I'll talk about Your Highness uh, first. So, uh, Your Highness is starring James Franco, Kenny McBride, uh, Natalie Portman uh, and um, Zoe Dashnell. Uh and there's a few cameos which I won't you know spoil for. Uh, basically, this is a stoner comedy, pretty much. Um, it's about it takes place in you know ancient Camelot times of sorts with with sorcery and such, and um, there's all sorts of hijinks that happen. And Kenny McBride's character, who's the main uh, who the story is really about, Danny McBride. Right? Uh, I'm sorry, Danny McBride. Right. I, Kenny Powers. That's why I was yeah, yeah, yeah. call him that. So. Danny McBride, I apologize. He um, he has his brother James Franco, who's an awesome person who goes on quests and saves princesses of the like and stuff like that. And uh, what happens is James Franco comes back with his soon-to-be wife Zoe Deschanel, but she gets captured by an evil sorcerer. So uh, they must go on a quest to save her and uh, bring her back and, and and see them married off and live happily ever after. But uh, Danny McBride is a uh, putz. And uh, he always messes everything up, so he doesn't want to go because he knows he's just going to be a loser. So then the movie goes on from there, and they go on this quest, and, you know, uh, some funny things happen. They get molested by a bubbly creature of sorts, a blue blue creature. I don't know how else to describe him. Um, and, yeah, so uh, my basic evaluation of this movie is that it wasn't very funny, um, there were a few points where I would chuckle, but I think it has to do with more so that I like the actors than the actual lines being funny in the movie. Um, I was also disappointed that Natalie Portman was only in like the last 40 minutes of the film. I, I thought she was be- going to be there from the very beginning. Uh, Zoe Deschanel is probably only in like six minutes of the film. Um, it's mostly James Franco and uh, Danny McBride, and uh, you know they're all right. Um, I think they're both been a lot funnier in different things that they've done. Uh, I I just uh, I just didn't get this movie. I don't know. I, I think you you know you probably have to be high to get this comedy. So I'd give this movie a C. Uh, you know I, I would have given it a C minus, but you know there's nothing. The the plot isn't uh, great, but it's not horrible either. So you know I would just give this movie a C. Yeah, that's basically my basic evaluation of it. <laughs> So it wasn't to your liking. Is it, it? It wasn't your type of humor, or it just wasn't funny at all. I just don't think it was funny. You know. But do you think people would find this movie funny, other than you? 
I mean, humor is so subjective, as you know. Right. Um, I'm sure there are some people out there who will find this funny. Uh, I just think that, you know, there there's not a lot of jokes, and there's a ton of cursing in it uh, for no reason. It's not, like, a gag or, or to get a laugh. It's just cursing for cursing's sake, I guess because they can. Um, yeah, and it, I don't know. It's just... I don't know. I mean, I guess the type of people that would enjoy this movie are, are people who are really into kind of fantasy tales, maybe people who play Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that, you know. Um, and I'm, I think that's that's awesome. I've played myself. But I uh, I just think that those are the people that would typically enjoy this movie um, for the storyline more so than the actual humor of it. I heard this was... I mean, I didn't see this movie, but from things I've read and heard, it would, it seemed almost like the Danny McBride show. Yeah. And it was like it was his movie, and that's yeah. what I seen. Well, he wrote he it. He wrote it. Yeah. And um, I think he was on one of the talk shows, and he was talking about how the movie just came about. And it was just, it just came about during a, a funny game. They, they just they spit out a random movie title, and then the other guy has to kind of you know think about what kind of movie this could be. And that was that was actually one of the uh, the products of the game. They're like, "Your Highness," and Danny McBride's like, "Stoner Medieval Times," they're trying to save a princess or something like that. And then it just became a movie because these guys are now famous and they have money and they can do pretty much whatever they can do now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this this movie really didn't interest me. I'm not sure if I would like liked it. You didn't really like it too much. No, and honestly, I didn't even really want to see it too much. It was right. just kind of, uh, you know... It worked out. It, it worked out time-wise. I could see it for free. Sorry, AMC, <coughs> but I did. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was very lackluster. Very mm-hmm. lackluster movie. But that's pretty interesting to see that that's how it came about. So you, so it was like... Can you kind of compare this to uh, Pineapple Express? Is it kind of like that? I, I wasn't in love with Pineapple Express, but I'd say Pineapple, Pineapple Express was a lot better of a movie. I thought Jason C. Um, Which one? Seth Mc, uh, Seth uh, Rogen. Seth right? Rogen. Right. I'm sorry. Uh, Seth Rogen was was very funny in that in that film, and uh, so I, I enjoyed that that movie a lot more. Yeah, I, I I mean it does have a similar feel to it, and you know the fact that they're getting high often. Uh, there's do a they lot actually of cursing. get high in this movie? They do. They do. They smoke up in the movie. They do. Not. I mean, it's not actual like weed. It's like you know they have a different name for it or whatever right. it's called. Um, you know, it's it's the kind of uh, analogy I guess for weed or, or <laughs> whatever that word is. So, you know. So what yeah. was your what was your grade again? I give it a C. A, a C? C. Yeah. Okay. C is kind of like average. So yeah. Given this. And I would, it's not something I would see in the theaters, also. I would definitely recommend that you go rent it when it comes out, if you want to. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So, that's uh, my review of Your Highness. All right. So, I'm going to talk about Scream 4 uh, now, but i got to warn everybody listening out there that there's no way not to spoil this movie. Um, there's so many things that happen in the first five to ten minutes of the film that it's really impossible to talk about this film without ruining it. But I'll give uh you know I'll give my grade in a in a very very short and generic kind of review and then I'll tell everyone when the spoilers are coming. So I I'm, I'm going to give this movie uh, a B minus. Um I thought that it was it was an entertaining movie and I don't think you should expect too much more than just being entertained by the film. If you're looking for it to kind of uh do what the first film did and kind of uh, reinvigorate the the horror genre. Don't don't expect that for film. Um, so that being said, yeah, I give it a I give it a B minus. And uh, now I'm going to launch into my spoiler completely spoiler spoiler filled review. Okay, so here we go. All right, so the first uh, five minutes of the film 
Uh, let me let me start over. In the first couple screams, every scream starts out with a phone call and a young girl picking it up and being asked what her favorite uh, scary movie is. So, Scream 4 is the same thing. That's the very first thing you hear. You see two girls talking on a couch, a phone call with someone asking that same question. And uh, so they talk, and then all of a sudden someone pops out of a closet and stabs one of them. And then kills the other. Oh, man. And then it it... it the camera uh, zooms out and you see a black screen and it says stab seven <laughs> and then you see the opening again and it's the same thing there's two different girls played by two young uh, up and coming actresses uh, the star of True Blood uh, um, I always forget her name if I think of it later I'll mention it and uh, and another girl who's uh, on uh, I think the Gossip Girl uh, series hmm. and uh, they're talk they they're watching that Stab 7 preview <laughs> and, uh, or, or watching that Stab 7 movie and they're like oh that's so stupid you know the girls are always answering the phone why would you even bother answering the phone when you're in the house alone so then uh, their phone rings and they're like don't answer it don't answer it <laughs> and then all of a sudden um, the girl keeps talking they, they t- keep talking to each other and then randomly the one girl stabs the other girl <laughs> and says I, you talk too much shut up and then it, then the the, screen, the movie screen pops up and it says stab six, <laughs> and then it goes to another two people watching that movie, and they're like, wow that was really dumb. But how is it possible that stab seven is the ending to stab six? They're like, and they're talking about what they just watched, and you're listening to it and you're like, man this is confusing <laughs> because you just watched these two previews and now it's a third their third preview, and so basically those people die again. <laughs> And then it's the opening to Scream Scream 4. Really confusing. And the whole time, the whole point of this is, in each of the conversations, they're kind of talking about how basically the message is that everything's been done before. And this is kind of the theme of the movie, that they want you to start to try to expect something different because everything you've seen before has already been done. This movie is very meta. If you don't understand what the word meta means, um, basically... It realizes that it is a movie, and it understands storyline and talks about it and points things out as they're happening. Um, so that's my basic uh, definition of meta. So this movie goes on, and you see all the old cast of characters. You know, Dewey, uh, played by David Arquette, his wife Courtney Cox, um, and, and pretty much everyone, Nev Campbell, and all the all the crews back together again. Uh, along with a, a younger set of uh, kids. <clears throat> and so what happens is somebody ends up uh, killing one of the younger girls. And, uh, you know, it comes out that the murders are uh, are happening again on the anniversary of uh, when they happened uh, ten years ago. And so the, the movie just kind of go- moves along with people getting killed one by one by one. Uh... And the whole time, you know, you you have you honestly have no clue about who the killer is. But honestly, you don't care about it because there's so much there's so much comedy happening, and there's a lot of cool characters that are introduced. So you kind of you know follow them. Um, and so the the movie progresses, and I won't ruin the ending, but the you know the, whoever the killer is is pretty surprising, and it's a pretty good uh, good storyline to get get you there. Uh, my problems with this film are just that none of the deaths are taken seriously at all. 
Um, no, none of the kids seem to ever care about the fact that someone's died, one of their best friends forever. They just kind of keep going along with their lives, you know. All of a sudden, three people are killed. They're like, oh, well, we're going to go to this party now. And they go out to this party in the middle of the woods with no parental supervision, uh, with, a, with a mass killer on the loose. Uh, and the best that they can do is have, like, two police officers in a town where, like, 30 people have been murdered now. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, and two um, horrible cops at that. <laughs> they can't, they couldn't catch themselves. <laughs> it's, it's really bad. Um, so yeah, another gripe that I have with the film is that it talks several times by, you know, in trying to be so meta about, you know, um, everything's been done before, but it doesn't create anything new. It just points these things out and then does exactly that and ends up being, you know, kind of. Uh, I don't want to say predictable because you don't see who the killer is, but predictable in that you know how it's going to end with them figuring out who the killer is and just being very generic and run-of-the-mill. And I definitely think that this film was the worst of the of the Scream movies. Um, you know, it might have been a little bit better than Scream 3, which was really not that good. Uh, but I, I gave it a B-, minus um, for the simple fact that it was enjoyable. There was a lot of, like, laughs in it, which I didn't expect. Uh, and, and I guess that also cheapens the movie, because it's not really supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be scary. I wasn't scared at all. But uh, they also create some really cool younger characters. I mean, granted, they end up getting killed off. But, like, Hayden Pinteri plays a, a young girl, and she's very, very likable in the film. And uh, she's just she's just awesome. Uh, also, uh, Rory Culkin uh, is in the film, and he's really enjoyable. And also, uh, Emma Roberts, who is apparently Julia Roberts' niece. Yep. Uh, she's also in the film, and they're, they're all really good. Uh, all really good characters. So, I recommend the movie, but just make sure you go into it not expecting uh, too much to be scared or, or really uh, to do anything else than enjoy it. Nice review, Michael. No, I mean, <clears throat> we. Uh, I, I've been talking with a couple people about this Scream 4, and first off, I was surprised that they actually had a Scream 4, because it, it's been 10, 11 years since the last one came out, and I wasn't too fond of... Well, I didn't really mind Scream 2. Scream 3 was bad, like you said. Obviously, the first Scream was pretty cool, yeah. pretty awesome. And... <clears throat> yeah, and, and like like what you hit on, pretty much what I've been reading is that the Scream 4 does nothing to, uh, nothing that stands out really, it's just like a, your your typical horror movie, even a typical Scream movie. Yeah. And I think that's a problem with most horror movies now, you know, everything has kind of been done before, whether it's going to be a slasher film or a supernatural horror film, you know, it's all been done before, you know, we've seen ghosts, that's why it's, it, it's so, so important but but difficult to kind of have a movie that just stands out from the rest. Like right. when the Sixth Sense movie came out, you know, it was just like, whoa, there's this twist. It's uh, you know, ghost stories have been done before. Little kids seeing ghosts, whatever, been yeah. done before. But but the way that they manipulated you and they kind of they took you on this ride and and then just unleashed the surprise ending at the end. That was that was cool. And M Night did a couple of really good uh, horror movies in this beginning of his career. But I'm 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 getting like the sense now later later on now I I haven't really seen a horror movie that I was I really fell in love with of late. I want to say that the last horror movie I really enjoyed was The Descent, and that might have been 2006 or something. Yeah. Can you think of any recent horror movie that you enjoyed? Well, I mean, I I, I think it came out in like 2008, but it was uh, The Orphanage. It was okay, a foreign was film, a foreign mm -hmm. horror film by um, Guillermo del Toro's um, protege, whose name I 
can't pronounce, honestly. <clears throat> uh, and that was a really good film. I really enjoyed it. But I think that I had to do more so than, with the artistry of it. I thought it was a beautiful movie uh, to, for a horror movie, which you don't always see. But yeah, there hasn't been really anything else. I agree with you, yeah. No, Orphanage was a great movie. And uh, I guess, I wouldn't even like consider it too much of a horror movie, but you have to because there's ghosts and stuff involved. Like, it wasn't scary. When, when was the last time you were scared during a horror movie? The last time, I mean, I honestly do not get scared during movies. So I guess uh, the last I, uh, horror movie that I was scared was mm -hmm. uh, Paranormal Activity. And I, I wouldn't... You scared is the like word, creeped. but creeped out. That movie is very, <laughs> very creepy. It has a, a great uh, sense of pace and just kind of like it does raise the hairs on your back on the back of your neck during that film. Oh, yeah. But beside that, before that, The Shining, and then <laughs> I mean, how long ago was that? Yeah. That came out I think before I was born. But just watching that afterwards, yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of funny how like The Shining and The Exorcist, like they still stick out in your mind and they were made years and years ago yeah, yeah. decades ago and that yet they, cause they, they are considered classics and rightfully so because they kind of scared the crap out of us and they're memorable right now we're seeing you know 20 horror movies a year and none of them are really memorable right it's just everything's been done before yeah I don't like horror movies though no I'm not a big fan speaking not a big fan there is one movie which I don't know if I'd call it a horror movie because it's kind of a mockumentary horror movie. It's like the the Mask of Leslie Vernon, uh, which was like a really enjoyable movie. I I don't know that I necessarily like I said put that in the horror genre though, but it's worth a watch if you've never seen it before. There you go. All right, so those were the movies that we watched. Well, that Mike watched. And we're just going to take a short break. We'll be back to discuss our main movie topic. So we'll be right back. Obviously, there's big differences and there's pros and cons for each. Um, personally, there's I don't really prefer seeing all movies at home or all movies in the theater. There's uh, there's a lot of things to take into consideration, like how much the movies are nowadays and how much it is to rent a movie or just get a movie at, in the library. There's Netflix, there's a whole bunch of sorts of things. So let's just get into it. Um, in my opinion, I like to go to movie theaters to watch m movies more like you know comedies, some comedies, not all comedies. Because I feel like when I'm in uh, when I'm in like the middle of a whole group, especially a group of friends, and we're watching a good comedy, you know, I think when everyone laughs at the same time you laugh, it just makes the whole experience better. And I remember, I think. I saw Zoolander in the uh, the theater, and that was just a, a, a riot. I saw Borat in the theater, and that was just so much fun to watch movies like that in the theater. I wish I saw the original, you know, Death at a Funeral in the theater, because that's the funniest movie I ever saw. I think I would have just been dying on the floor. Yeah. Do you do you feel the same way about comedies? I I uh, I mean I absolutely agree. I definitely think comedies are are much better to uh, to watch in the theater. 
the the biggest thing that I don't like about comedies at home is uh, people don't tend to take them seriously. So when you're watching them at home, they'll tend to like laugh at a joke and say like make a comment about it, and then you miss another joke, <laughs> and that's very uh, disturbing. Yeah, that's true. I mean. And most of the time when, when I watch a movie at home, it's, it's usually by myself, and you don't get the same effect when you're watching it with someone else, the comedy aspect. You know? I mean, I, there's been plenty of times I'm watching a movie by myself, and I'm cracking my ass off, and, oh, yeah. and then my roommates are like, what the hell are you laughing at right now? What's going on? But it, it's, just, it's just a better atmosphere in the theater, which is strange because I think another type, another genre of movies that really benefits seeing it in a theater are action movies because you get the whole surround sound, you get the whole feel of it, the, the large screen, you get, you, you almost like feel the explosions like blaring from the speakers. Yeah. And unless you have a, uh, an awesome home theater, you know, I'm just watching it on my regular television or my computer, it's, it's, it kind of, that effect goes away as well. Would you agree with that? No, I would definitely agree with that. I, I think sound and action movies go hand in hand, and those typically are like, the, the, that, that would, I would say would be the most important thing about an action movie, really. Mm-hmm. When you're watching it, <laughs> if your sound stinks at home, it's you're gonna lose out on so much. Right, right, right. And um, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of some action movies that I saw in the theater that I really enjoyed. Like I, I saw uh, you know, both of the Bond movies in the in the in the theater. Okay. And while like I may not have been in love with those movies, uh, watching them on the big screen is so much better because I've watched them on you know on TV as well, and it's just it just doesn't carry as much weight. It's just not as enjoyable. Right, right. Agreed. Um, I think. I remember seeing snakes on a plane. Oh yeah, that was a great in movie. the theater, and it was there was a lot of hype behind this movie, and I went to it, and it, it, I went to maybe a midnight or opening night, and there was a lot of people there just like excited for snakes on a plane, and that was like a comedy, that was almost like a horror, but it was like stupid horror, and it just like it made it made the experience so much better than if I would have watched it for the first time at home by myself. I probably would, I probably would have hated the movie honestly, but just because I saw it in the theater, I'm like, this is a good movie. I loved it. I loved watching this movie. That's what that uh, the the movie that I always cite, uh, and me and Chris Barbarino, the the guy who was here on the podcast the last two weeks, um, we went to go see Shoot 'Em Up in the theater, and we both cite to this day that that was our best theater experience ever. We just had a blast. This movie was was really enjoyable, but what made it so much more fun was just hearing the loud sounds, the action, the jokes, and being there with other people laughing at it. And uh, it was just it was so much fun. And you don't always have fun when you go see a movie. That's that's pretty rare. Oh no, I agree with you because honestly, I didn't see that movie until it got released on DVD, and I'm not that big of a fan of Shoot 'Em Up. I, I I think I watched it with you, or I watched it with Chris, or something like that. I watched it with someone that really loved the movie and I'm just like what's so good about this movie you know I, I just didn't get it I got what they were trying to do with the movie they, they go way over the top on the action and the killings and everything but I'm just like maybe it was something I should have seen in the theater to, to yeah I definitely like think that it's a lot better in the theater another genre are horror movies and of course it's kind of cool when you go to see a horror movie in a packed crowd in the audience and people are just jumping and screaming out of their seats through, during the uh, the surprise scenes and maybe that will annoy some people I get a kick out of it because if, if someone is like right next to me and they're just like screaming it kind of scares me even more than the movie is scaring me and obviously you're watching the movie in a theater in a, in a very dark setting and you know the large screen and Again, the sound, just the, just like it, it, the, the suspense in some horror movies where it's like dead silent until that that big surprise or something jumps out at you. That is, I, I think that's fun to see in the theater as well. This is this is the one genre I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on. I think 
Um, it, I just feel like watching a horror movie at home is so much better. You know, you're there with just a few people. It's dark. It's like you, the the place you know, but it's like then when you start to get that scared feeling, and I think it's amplified by the fact that you're in somewhere that you're comfortable in. It's like well, all of a sudden you're feeling this like, man, this is this is my home. But now I'm now I'm freaked out. You know what I mean? And I just feel like it lingers longer. Uh, you know, it's just that, that watching in the darkness of, of the place you you think is familiar, then all of a sudden you just that feeling just washes over you. And and the opposite about those things that you mentioned in the theater, like I don't know, knowing knowing that I'm in the theater, and there's nothing that can sneak up behind me. There's I you know there's either people sitting behind me that I saw when I entered in the theater, or I saw them get into the chairs while I you know like I know I know what's around me. I know I'm in a theater for that. And so it takes for me it takes away from the fact that I actually get scared. Um, it's funny. Uh, I forgot when Scream Two came out, but they kind of played in on that where you know the the movie is stabbed and like people are getting like killed in in Scream Two while watching Stab. And right. Like that. I thought that was pretty cool because I remember watching that when it came out, whatever year that was, maybe like '98 or something. Like that I might have been. 12, 13, and I was freaked out watching this movie in a theater. I'm like, what if there's someone with a knife behind me sitting there right now? Yeah. I, was, I was freaking out for the rest of that movie. So I think that was pretty cool what Scream did there, kind of inflicting some fear in the movie theater as well. Yeah. But like you said, yeah, um, watching horror movies at home could be uh, could be scary too. Yeah. Especially a, a movie like Paranormal or something, you know, where yeah. it is just brought into your home. Whereas, like, when I saw uh, The Village in the theater, like, with a packed house, you know, people, like, were booing at the end and stuff like that, and it just took away so much of the movie. I mean, maybe that's a bad example, because that movie's very specific. But, like, you know, like, when if there was a part that people, like, got scared, they would be like, oh, my God, and start screaming, and you'd be like, oh, shut up. But, well, that, okay, that does, that, I mean, yeah, exactly. You go to the movie theater, and you're with other people, you, you kind of have to, you, we've all ran into problems, and... Seeing a movie, and there there will be distraction. There will be sometimes there's those people that are just commentating throughout the entire movie. But I feel like that only like that is amplified during scary movies. Really? I really do. I, feel I think like it's old people or teenagers. <laughs> there's there's a gap in the middle that actually respects watching movies. But I feel like teenagers would just giggle or like just talk throughout the entire movie, and old people they're trying to keep up with the movie, and they're just like, did you see what just happened? What what, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I'm just like, oh, I just watched the freaking movie already. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, how do you deal with that? You just ignore them, or you, you try to? You, do you sh- You're a shusher, aren't you, Mike? No, I'm not a big shusher. I'll do the turn of the head. <laughs> I kind of just, you know, angle it so they know I'm like trying to motion toward them. Uh, sometimes I remember during I Am Legend, there was a, a group of people behind me who were narrating everything. <laughs> like they literally said, "Oh look, Will Smith's walking through the field." Oh look, Will Smith spotted a dog. Oh look, Will Smith, and I, I could not take that. I at, at first, I you know, I did the, the head spin, and I they did not stop. They just kept going. I mean, literally everything. Like they're like, "What's he doing now?" Oh, he stopped. Will Smith stopped. He's standing. He's looking. And I, I eventually, I just started cracking up, and I laughed through the whole movie, which definitely made it better than than being annoyed at the whole the whole film, but. Yeah. Well, now I'm interested. Is this the, is that the reason why you don't like I Am Legend? <laughs> no, I that has that has nothing to do with good. that. Okay. Yeah, the movie wasn't very good. No. But yeah, you know, you you run into disrespectful people at the movie theaters, and that's something that you can't avoid while watching a movie at home, inside your own room or own living room and things like that. So that's that's definitely a factor. That I, I think the home theater gets a plus, a big plus for. Yeah. But moving on, uh, what else? 
I like. I really like to see. I think the, the I go to the movie theaters the most during around November to January during Oscar season because I like to be the first one to to see these like good movies. You know, I can't wait for DVD because I have to see these movies before. Um, you know, the Best Picture nominees come out, so I actually know what I'm talking about. I actually have an opinion like everyone else uh, would if they saw these movies. So I'm feeling like the good movies, the year's best movies, it's those those movies, no matter what it is, it, they're usually like dramas. And I'm thinking dramas are the ones that at least, you know, you have the least amount of appeal to go to the movies to see. You can seriously just watch a drama on, on a portable DVD player and get the same effect than watching it in the theater. There's nothing really that stands out, you know, that you can benefit from seeing that in a movie theater. Yet, just because they are Oscar-nominated films, I feel like I have to be the first ones to see this with everyone else. Yeah. Are you like, you, you, I mean, you go to the movie theater to see everything, so. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of funny, like, I, I literally go to see anything. I, I just love seeing movies in the theater. It's definitely my preference. Uh, but when Oscar season comes around, I tend to be a little bit slower on watching a lot of the the, the Oscar buzzworthy movies. I don't know why that is. I think maybe it's just something innate in my personality to go against the, the grain of popularity. You know, like, it just like, oh, I don't want to see it because I know everybody else is talking about it. You know, I, I don't know why that is, but whatever. That's just my own uh, eccentricities. Um, but w but when I do finally, I, I do go see those movies and, and try and just get everything I can to see. So, but yeah, like you said, you only go, you go more often to the theater that time of the year. I go constantly. You know, like I try and go every week, which is not possible. Which is why I try to see two movies if I can, because I know I might not be able to go the next week. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we got we got the summer blockbusters coming up, and you know, if I if I hear bad things about a movie, I'm not going to see it. And I think that is more likely the case during summer than during November. And that's why you know November through December, I'm seeing a movie every single weekend because there's like 15 really good movies out at a time while you know summer you get these one big movie a week and everyone just crowds it and every you know you get you can't go to the movies unless you go 10 a.m. which is what you like to do but you can't go to a, you can't go to the theaters at night during the summer without feeling feeling complete claustrophobia and everything so that's but that that's, that's pretty specific i think to the area we live in oh yeah we are in a really big uh, movie uh, yeah, region. Mecca, <laughs> movie Mecca. You know, being only like ten minutes outside of New York City, mm -hmm. it's a it's a gigantic movie area. Right, yeah, I love that. So I, I you know, I, I think that's very specific to the area we live in. Whereas it might not be the case in some other places. Uh, well, I mean, obviously you had movies like Avatar, which everybody in the brother went to go see, uh, and that's a little bit different. But yeah, but like I know what you're saying, like it's it's you know those those big blockbusters are they're tough sometimes because like you're gonna have to stand in line to get into the, the theater. You know, you know you're gonna just be stuck in there with a ton of people. Some of them who probably won't even like the movie, but they're just going to see it because everybody else is. Exactly. Now we talked about 3D movies back in the day on one of our episodes, and that is something. I mean, they have 3D TVs now and stuff like that. But you know, if you're going to see a 3D movie, it's going to be in the theater, and that is something that you know that stands out that home theaters don't have, or you know, most home theaters don't have. We we kind of did express our you know <laughs> we don't really like 3D movies yeah at the same time you can't get that at home so is that a plus for the the movie going experience in the theaters I guess <laughs> I yeah I mean it's hard to say because we don't like it uh, I, yeah it definitely is a plus you know when you have certain movies that are in 3D Pirates of the Caribbean that will be coming out soon in 3D 
Avatar was in 3D, IMAX 3D. I think Harry Potter's going to be in 3D too, right? Uh, I feel like it's not going to be in 3D. I, guess I think, we'll I think they decided not to do it. Well, good, if um, that's the case. Because I think the last one was, but they decided... No, the last two weren't. Okay. Uh, I don't remember, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, they decided to go against it. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's certain movies that those people love that love that experience. They like to go see in IMAX 3D or just regular IMAX, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Okay, and okay, let's let's break down kind of briefly the cost. Movie tickets. We what do we pay to see a movie? Eleven fifty, twelve bucks around there. I think it's twelve fifty now. Twelve fifty, or no, maybe it's eleven fifty. Okay, let's just say around twelve bucks. Okay, twelve dollars. And then you know, you need your popcorn. You need your soda. <laughs> right. And I don't, I don't even if know how much that, that is. That that combo. If you just get like a large popcorn and a large soda, that that combo is ten dollars. Ten dollars. Okay, yeah. so we have twenty two bucks. Right, right there. And that's if you're just going yourself. If you've got a date, that's forty-four dollars. Right. If you were a gentleman, you would pay for your date. Forty-four dollars is a lot of money. Right yeah, there. it's a lot of money. <laughs> that is a lot of moolah. Now, is it? I guess. I guess the whole thing is: is it worth, you know, spending that much money to see a movie in a theater, or just waiting for it on DVD or, or you know, on Netflix or something like that? Yeah, I mean, that's you know, everything you have to weigh in. If it's on DVD and you're renting it from Blockbuster or Hollywood Video, if they still exist. <laughs> Uh, it's only like tends to be five dollars or two dollars or three dollars if it's an older film. Uh, you get five days to watch it as opposed to that time you're the only day you're going to see it. Uh, you know you can pause it in the middle. I mean there's so many things that go into it, but we'll just, we'll just talk about price. So it's like five dollars versus twenty two dollars, mm-hmm. or or just talking about entrance. Well, let's, let's assume you don't get popcorn and soda. Right. It's five dollars in your house or twelve dollars at the theater, which one is really not that big of a difference when you think about it. You know, but it's just that that flexibility to watch it whenever you want right, and stop right. it and continue. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. Also, the um, <clears throat> what was that? What was the news with the DirecTV? Yeah, DirecTV just made this deal where um, now at two months after the film uh, premieres in the theater, so technically if it's a popular movie like Avatar was or like you know Titanic was back in the day, and it's in the theater for a lot longer than two months, but after two months they can start playing the film uh, on DirecTV for thirty dollars. Right, right. They charge thirty bucks, and you could stream it. <clears throat> I think you have it in your um, in your possession for uh, like forty-eight, 48 hours. hours yeah. Right? And that brings up an interesting, you know, uh, battle because you're with a family. You're going to be spending, you know, on so much money on tickets and and food, or you can just buy, spend thirty bucks buy this movie and watch it at home with your family. I think you're saving a lot of money if you do that, especially if you have a family. Yeah. And you know, I can't think of any one person just <laughs> spending 30 bucks to watch a movie at home unless you're just a lazy yeah. lazy bum. But it does it does add some some rival now to to seeing a movie in the theater or waiting, you know, however time it is just to watch it at home. And that's why the studios and directors and everyone they're, they're upset, they're up in arms and they're trying to change it, but I'm not sure if they're going to be able to change it. I think there's going to be... I mean, not a lot of people have DirecTV, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I think DirecTV is the more popular of the, the Dish Net, the Dish uh, Networks, yeah. <laughs> although Dish Network is one of those names. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely the most popular of that, and I think there's a fair population of people that have it, but not everybody. I think you tend to see it more in Central uh, North America because, uh, like, there's not as many cable... You know, because they have to run the cable lines all the way out there, and that's not always 
feasible for them. It'll probably benefit them the most too because I, I guess there's some areas there that you know you, there's, they're not there might not be a movie theater for right you know really long away, time. Yeah. So that's probably the, the the region that's going to benefit the most or yeah. be most affected to it. Because I, honestly, I, I would just go to the theater. Right. I wouldn't wait the, the month or two. But it's going to take, you know, it's theoretically saying, who knows how popular this will be? Who knows, you know, how many people will take advantage of it? But just like any other product, people will. There will definitely be. And so for every, you know, let's say that every 10 people do that, you know, that's taking away $200 or whatever uh, from, from a potential movie or whatever. So it's kind of... Uh, Stinks. Yeah. It stinks because the, you know the movies. The reason we get to see huge blockbusters like Transformers three that will be coming out is uh, because people go to the, th- the, th- the films and that's how they get their budgets to make to spend two hundred million dollars on a movie. You know, is there is there any movie that you can think of off the top of your head that you wish you saw it in the theater but you didn't see it in the theater? Uh, I mean, I'd probably really not recent movies because you you go to the movies every single week, Mike. <laughs> I would it would have been awesome to see The Shining in the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would have been a, a a really cool experience to have have seen. Definitely, yeah. Um, but no, I, I did you see did you see Grindhouse in the theater? I did see Grindhouse that was in the theater. Awesome that was amazing. It was a midnight showing too, so watching two movies back to back ending at like four a.m. Yeah, with all the fake previews in it. That yeah. was that was, that was fantastic. Fun. Yeah. That would uh, yeah, I would have to put that as one of my best theater experiences. Grindhouse, Snakes on a Plane, you know, seeing Bora was just h- hilarious with the whole crowd. So I guess what do we have to say about all this? Uh, you know, I think both of our votes is that the theater experience is better. Yeah, it may be a little bit more expensive, but it's really worth it. And I highly encourage people to do that because it's really, if you like movies and you want to see more <laughs> movies, it's you're helping the industry out by going to do that. You know, it's consumerism, it's capitalism, it's America. You know, uh, I know everybody's tight on their budgets and they want things, but it's like, you know, if you want the the same quality, then you gotta fork over a little bit of extra cash. Agreed. Yes. The. Uh I think the the ticket, well not a ticket, but the uh, the amount of people or tickets sold, are, you know they've been going down. So yeah, this might have to do with it. All this all this new technology, people just you know, I mean the economy's bad as well. Right. It's an interesting fact that last year was the highest grossing movie year of all time. Mm-hmm. But when you look at tickets sold, uh, it was uh, down. Yeah, it right. was it was down. Um, and it has to do with I think a lot of people are going to see you know some uh, some people are going to see movies twice, but there was a lot more 3D movies where the tickets were more expensive. So it's really interesting to kind of see that um, <coughs> that happen, you know. And obviously that was honestly a fluke. It won't it won't keep happening like that because people have caught on to 3D now and are not going to see 3D movies anymore. They're being bigger and bigger busts. Right, I mean, with 3D movies, with it at like three dollars, and then IMAX at another four, it could be over twenty bucks for a ticket to see in uh, 3D IMAX now. Right, and I, I sometimes you don't really have a choice though. I hate it when they don't give you the choice. Yeah, and it's like, okay, here's here's a midnight showing, but we're going to show it only in 3D IMAX. You're like, no, we gotta spend eighteen dollars right now on this. Yeah, it's horrible. You know, I would if there, I would prefer seeing it in in regular 2D than with 3D glasses on. But yes, so go to the movies because it's fun. You can enjoy some theater experiences like Mike and I have, and buy some popcorn. 
<laughs> yes, buy a lot of popcorn. I never really finished popcorn. No, you I can't. Stopped. It's I way too much. That. It's massive. They do. They give you a lot. For $4, you're getting a truckload of you're popcorn. You're literally getting a bucket of popcorn, and I'm, uh, it's horrible. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take another short break, and we'll be back with our dumb movie of the week and flick chart battle. So we'll be right back. to present to you our dumb movie of the week. Michael, go tell everyone what our dumb movie of the week is. It is The Lovely Bones. The Lovely Bones. Directed by Mr. Peter Jackson. Right. This movie was released in 2009 based on the very famous and best-selling novel by Alice Siebold. And it's pretty much the story of a teenage girl, which was played by uh, Saoirse Ronan in the film, who gets murdered. And... It's in her perspective. It's a very interesting read. Have you read the book, Mike? Uh, no. It's a very interesting story and very unique. And it's really, obviously, it's sad because this this teenage girl gets, you know, like raped and killed. And then she's kind of not in heaven. She's kind of stuck in uh, a purgatory-like state uh, in a world. And she's she sees, like, her parents grieving for her. And she sees like her sister struggling, and they're just struggling. I mean, it's it's an awful thing when uh, any anyone dies or is murdered, and watching this family go through that whole process, it's really tough to watch. At the same time, she's in this world, and she's trying to get out of it. She doesn't know how to. She kind of has to learn to just let go of everything, whatever whatever she had, all all like her hate and everything that that was keeping her back. She had to let go of it to go to the next stage of the afterlife. Great story. Peter Jackson, wrong person to do this movie. Now, uh, do you want to say anything before? You want me to just, just go right into Roll things? into it. You know, the, it, we had a great cast in this film. We had Mark Wahlberg, Rachel Weisz, Sur- Susan Sarandon, Stanley Tucci. Tucci was nominated for uh, an Academy Award for uh, Supporting Actor. Saoirse Ronan, it was, it's a pretty good and up-and-comer actress. Great cast. The cast just wasn't used at all throughout the entire movie. It, it should have been... And in the book, it was a, a, a drama. It was a family drama just trying to cope with their loss. But the way Peter Jackson... Peter Jackson did not see it that way. He saw, ooh, what kind of fancy visuals and what kind of crazy things can I throw into this afterlife uh, world. And he is great with his visuals. It was all the scenes with, you know... Um, with Saoirse Ronan's character, I can't remember her name right now. Susie, I think is her name. Yeah, Susie. Yep. <clears throat> she all all that was really cool. You saw like the, the, the colors just bounced off the screens. We see very luscious, you know, trees and and, and and rivers and just the setting and all the landscapes are beautiful. But he did not touch on the main storyline at all throughout the film, and it made it almost feel like a lifetime movie. How. They, they, it seemed like they didn't really take the time to to mold a good a relationship with the situation that the characters were going through. They kind of had very short dialogue, lots of you know long moments of just just sadness, and then let's go back to Susie and see this afterlife world. Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. I think this movie was a mess uh, in terms of. of the script being so far um, removed 
from what we were actually watching. Uh, you know, it was all, it was, the movie was almost all, well, it was all about the visuals. And it just so takes you out of the movie because you kind of forget what's happening and, you know, and you're not even clear what's actually going on. Like, you know, was she killed? You see her, I think you see her hit her head. Uh, right, yeah. And, and, and it, it's unclear what happens in the movie. You know, so you, this whole time you see her in this, like, fantasy world and you're not 100% clear why she's there or what her point is until you actually figure it out. Uh, which I think is somewhere at the halfway point of this two-hour-long movie, and uh, so the visuals just take so much away from the storyline. You're, you know, you get the bits and pieces of the storyline throughout. Uh, I feel like Mark Wahlberg uh, was only in like 40 minutes of the two-hour movie. A lot of it is all about the visuals and, and the, the weird things that are happening. And Stanley Tucci maybe has like six lines in the film. Uh, it's so it was so weird. It didn't flow. It it didn't make sense, and uh, I was really disappointed with this movie because like Peter Jackson is such an awesome director, and you know when you look at it, I can't say that the movie was directed badly. I can't say that about the film. I could just say that the screenplay was a mess. The the ideas behind what they were going to show were a mess, but I feel like the acting was done really well. I feel like Stanley Tucci did a really good job, and, and the little girl Susie was played really well, but it just, it was very unentertaining. Right, I mean, yeah, I agree with you, especially on the point where you said screenplay was kind of a mess, and I remember when the movie was coming out, they had uh, Peter Jackson talk to, or, or whatever, the critics and or, or whatever papers, and, because there is a, there is a rape scene in in the book, and he was, like, should I put it in the movie? I think they even filmed it, but on the on the on the, uh, the, the editing board, they decided just to cut it out. So it kind of like made things feel a little uneven. It, like you said, you were like, "What happened? Like, is she dead? Is she? Where is she right now?" Type of thing. What's going on? And that too, you know, Peter Jackson had a part in in screenplay, and like, it, like it's, it's all visuals. And the problem with that is that this wasn't a story that was about the visuals. The visuals should have just been the third most important thing in this film. But Peter Jackson just got really excited and just ran with it. We, it, it was great visuals, but I, I would I would have to say that's kind of his fault though. How the movie was such a failure no, and, and right. didn't deal with the family drama as much as yeah. it should have. You know what this movie kind of reminds me of in, in a way. Now that we're talking about it, is Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Uh, very similarly, that movie is kind of known for its visuals. Um, but in that movie, the visuals aren't the highlight. It's right. the storyline. It's the personalities. It's the characters. That's the focus, and the visuals come second. And they're amazing visuals. I feel like that's where this movie went the opposite way. It made the visuals first and the storyline second. Exactly, yeah. And the characters, they didn't really have too much to do with it. I think Mark Wahlberg and Rachel Weisz are great uh, actors, yet their roles were very underused throughout the entire film. We could have seen them really, you know, having trouble with dealing with the loss of their daughter. Instead, we just see Susie running around in a in a big field and with with purple skies or whatever like that. Uh, Susan Sarandon was really really good in the film, and Stanley Tucci. Whether well, I don't think he deserved the nomination for Academy Award, but he was probably the best part of the film, actor acting-wise. Yeah. He played a very creepy guy that was, uh, you know, responsible for the murders and everything. But, yeah, 
aside from that, I I don't want to watch this movie again. No. The it, the movie was very disappointing. It was very. It was even more disappointing because I forget what studio made this, but they had The Lovely Bones and they had Shutter Island coming out. But because of their uh, the lack of money, they decided to put all their money into The Lovely Bones for their Academy Awards season run. And we all know how that turned out. <laughs> if, if it was Shutter Island instead of Lovely Bones, we would like to believe that Shutter Island would have been possibly nominated for an Academy Award or gotten a lot more attention than the Lovely Bones did. Yeah. So that so that was kind of bad too. But right. I mean, I mean, you, no one really expected this to be a bad movie. You have Peter Jackson behind it, a, a great story, a, a bestseller. You, there's a huge fan base. A lot of people want to go see the movie, but very disappointing. Very disappointing. I guess. I guess we could say more it's a disappointing movie than the dumb movie of the week, but... Yeah, that's true. We sound very sad talking about this movie. Because it... We had such high hopes. Yeah. Yeah. Darn you, Peter Jackson. The Hobbit better be You owe us (laughs) one movie. (laughs) Let's move forward and do some flick chart battling. Are you guys ready to flick chart battle? Alright, so uh, if you're not familiar, uh, Flickchart, which is www.flickchart.com, one word, uh, it is a website that compares two movies side by side, and then you get to pick which one you like better. Uh, this website's awesome, they do not support us in any way financially, although if you guys want to, flickchart.com, that would be awesome, uh, but no, they do not. And uh, we highly recommend this we uh, this website because it's just a lot of fun and it also keeps track of your ratings so you can see which movie you actually th- you actually like best. All right, so let's let's get <laughs> let's get started. <laughs> All right, I have to say, Flickchart's hilarious because the first matchup, which I assume they put up on everyone's Flickchart, is Easter Bunny Kill Kill against Hop. <laughs> Two Easter movies. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's hilarious. That was awesome. I haven't seen either. No, I have not seen either either. <laughs> but this Easter Bunny Kill Kill sounds very interesting. I never heard of it, but it came out in 2006. It looks like a B-horror movie. and So, yeah. yeah. So we actually have to choose uh, haven't seen either of this. We can't vote on which one's better. Okay, so the next matchup is War of the Worlds versus American History X. I think this is a pretty simple one, American History X. Right, American History X. War of the Worlds was not very good. No. Maybe that'll be in our dumb movie of the week. Who knows? Do we have to jot that down? Men in Black versus Psycho. I mean, while Men in Black is good, Psycho is a classic. I'm picking Psycho. I will pick Psycho on the fact that it is a classic. You really don't like Psycho, do you? I'm not a big fan of that film. You're going to get smacked soon. Oh, this is a good... Alright, we have The Green Mile against Aladdin. One of Disney's classics against a great film. I love Aladdin. I have to pick Aladdin. <laughs> that is, that really? is, yeah, that is my. I always kind of go back and forth between The Lion King and Aladdin. Those are my two favorite Disney movies. Robin Williams is the man in Aladdin. All right. Well, I'm gonna pick Green Mile. Wow. I love, I love Aladdin, but I mean, three, a three-hour drama, and it was so powerful. I You're telling me that I if Aladdin and Green Mile are on TV at the same time, you'd watch the Green Mile? I use that thinking when I'm like really stumped but I wasn't that stumped with this one I like both movies but I'm going to pick Green Mile because I enjoyed it a little bit more cause just because it was so good okay should we flip a coin we're going to flip a coin that's our tiebreaker since our producer Phil is not here or any other okay party. so heads it's the Green Mile and tails it's Aladdin correct the mundo heads Aww. Green Mile oh you're disappointed aren't you <laughs> I am next we have Austin Powers the spy who shagged me versus from dusk 
Till Dawn. This is easy. From Dust Till Dawn. Right. I'm. Well, I don't like any Austin Powers, so I would yeah. take anything. But From Dust Till Dawn is a oh, really, 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 really good movie. Oh, hey. Scream versus Batman Forever. Definitely Scream. Definitely Scream. <laughs> Which one is this? I always get Batman all Batman Forever. Oh, that's with Chris uh, O'Donnell, right? I feel like is this. The, I don't know. It, it <laughs> one of them. We have Meet the Fockers versus Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, I wasn't. I, I liked Meet the Fockers, <coughs> but uh, Mrs. Doubtfire was definitely a Which more is enjoyable. Movie. Meet the Fockers. It's what's the, the second. Sec- that's the second. second what was the first one? Meet the Parents. Yeah. Okay. Meet the Fockers is my favorite one out of those. Then, but yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire is my yeah. choice. Toodaloo! Let's run by fruiting. It's a line from the movie. If you're not familiar with it. <laughs> the Life of Brian versus Beetlejuice. Oh, uh, you know what's funny is I'm not the biggest fan of Beetlejuice. I like cer- I like certain aspects of the film, and I think it's really enjoyable. But for the most part, I thought the movie was kind of stupid. I think it's a movie that we enjoyed as kids, but if we watch now, we don't really get yeah. a kick out of it as much. So I'm going to go with Life of Brian. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Monty Python. Interview with the Vampire versus Mars Attacks. you got to do your, your alien noise now. Mac 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 Mac. Um, I don't really remember interview with the. It vampire. was a mess. It was not a very good movie. Really. Uh, that's why I would pick Mars Attacks. All right. Well, then I will agree with you because I don't really remember interview with the vampire. That's usually a bad sign. Memento versus Juno. Ooh, definitely Memento. Definitely Memento, but Juno's a good movie. Just yeah. Memento was just so awesome. That, that, yeah, that's a great movie. Great, great, great movie. What's next? What's next? AI versus Hannibal. I honestly have not seen either, so this is going to be all you. Um, well, I, I, I did not like Hannibal. Um, I, th- I definitely think it was the least good. <laughs> it was the worst of, of the of the series. So this was so there was a, this there was, was Science the of the second. Lands. Yeah, this, this was the second one, but was it like a prequel or a sequel? Was Red Dragon the prequel Red to Dragon Silence is of the Lambs? Red Dragon is a prequel to Silence of the Lambs. And then Hannibal was it's like a sequel. But Hannibal was the last one. No, no, no. No, no. no. There's, one, there's one that so comes after. when did Red Dragon come out? Red Dragon came out in like 2005 or two. So that was the one afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Because I know Silence of the Lambs was... Actually, I don't know when Silence of the Lambs was. Early. 90-something. <laughs> or 90-something? 90s. 90s. Okay. But anyway, I think we're going to pick Artificial Intelligence... Well, you're going to pick artificial I'm going to pick artificial intelligence. We kind of collectively, but... Collateral versus Goodwill Hunting. I'm going to pick Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. I love that movie. Love that freaking movie. Let's do, like, three more. All right, we got Big Fish versus South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Wow, this is a tough one. (laughs) These movies are so... You enjoyed South Park that much? I thought that was a great movie. I thought it was hysterical. Um... I think I, I would mean, go I w- with Big Fish, though. Yeah, I would rather watch South Park if I saw it on TV, like your, you know, yeah, your your, your method. But Big Fish, I don't know. I've only seen that once, and I liked it. But I'm not sure how much I like it until I watch it a second time. I think there's a lot of good things about that movie. I think it's kind of an underrated Tim Burton. It probably film. is one of my favorite Tim Burton because I'm not a big fan of Tim Burton films. So I'll agree with you with this and do Big Fish. All right, two more. Dos Mas. Being John Malkovich versus Shaun of the Dead. I don't even know how you can compare these two movies. Being John Malkovich is such a bizarre film. It's crazy. Really enjoyable, but... Crazy. I have to go with Shaun of the Dead, just because being John Malkovich is... I'm not under, I'm not sure I understand that film. <laughs> I, I liked it, but I don't think I got you know it. I don't understand either, so I'm going to pick Shaun of the Dead. Maybe we could talk about being John Malkovich one episode, because yeah. there's a lot to talk about there. <laughs> the Mask versus Phone Booth. 
I, I like both of these movies. I do. A lot of people don't like Phone Booth, but I liked it. I thought it was good. But The Mask... I mean, I haven't seen The Mask in a really long time, though. The Mask is one of those movies, you know, it's... If you go back and watch it today, it's probably it probably sucks. <laughs> but I really liked it when it came out, and it was the only movie Cameron Diaz was high in. <laughs> so, I'm going to pick The Mask. I'm going to pick Phone Booth. Okay, we got to flip a coin. And this is for the last... Heads is Mask, Tails is Phone Booth. Do tails. It. Oh, I want Heads. <laughs> <laughs> it is Heads, yay! <laughs> the Mask wins. That's hilarious. Alright, that okay. does it for our flick chart battle. Yes, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Um, if you have any feedback or questions, our email address is on the movie front at hotmail.com. You can just email us there. We have a Facebook page. We don't have a URL yet for it, so try to friend one of us on yes, Facebook. Yes, we need to get to 25 friends before and we then can get we a can URL. Actually, yes, we can actually make it facebook.com slash on the movie front. We'll have to work on that. I think we're like halfway there. We're close. Come on, guys. Help us out. Help us out. Give us money and do that. Yeah, get, give us money. <laughs> we don't need money. You don't need money? Well, I always need money. There you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for listening, and hope you enjoyed it. All right, peace. Peace. Happy Easter.